Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give you a little tip that I've discovered listening to this podcast, and that is if you put it at 1.5 speed, you're going to probably be able to hear it as a normal conversation, and yet it actually flows a little better. I know that's a strange thing to say from a podcast host, but I think that most podcasts sound better a little faster because most people talk slower than we can listen. You can try it. It may not be good for you, but I've been listening to this podcast every episode because, to be honest with you, it ministers to me to go through these passages. Even if it's myself leading it, I get a lot out of going through it again, listening to it, praying through it, just like anybody else who would listen to the podcast. And so you might you might try that. Just a little tip. What I want to do in these next three episodes, starting today with this episode, is talk about your mental concept of God. Because when you think of who is God, when you think of God, there are perhaps as many different concepts of God that come to mind uh, in the people in this podcast as there are people in this podcast. Everybody has a little bit different concept of God. And yet there is one true God. There is a reality of who God is. And so what that tells you is to one degree or another, we are all a little off. And if we're off in our concept of God, that's going to be a dysfunction in our lives. A.W. Tozer, who was a 20th century Christian author, he writes this in his famous book, at least for people my age, he had a book, Knowledge of the Holy. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Think about that. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Let me just make it personal. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. How you answer that question, who is God, will absolutely define you. It will define your life. But don't go by your intuition to answer it, because our intuition has been distorted by sin. Our reason, Paul says in Romans 1, has been distorted by sin. Our reasoning, our ability to reason about God has been ruined by sin entering the human condition. So we're not going to come to the truth about God by our own intuition. We need God to tell us. We need revelation from God. To know the real God, you need to shape your view of God by what God has revealed about himself. So you've heard me say over and over on this podcast that God has a name. And I want to spend the next three, beginning today, this podcast and two others, talking about when God emphasizes his name in the Old Testament book of Exodus. Because I I have not really looked at those passages yet. I've referred to them, but we've never really looked through them and prayed through them and talked about them in a meditative way. And I want to do that because they're so important to our concept of God. The most common word for God in the Old Testament is not the word God. 
It's God's name, probably pronounced Yahweh. When I say probably pronounced Yahweh, it's because Hebrew was written, ancient Hebrew was written without vowels, just consonants. And so all we have in the ancient Hebrew text are the consonants of God's name. And to transliterate those into English letters, it would be Y-H-W-H. Now, for reasons I'm not going to go into, most Old Testament scholars say that would be pronounced Yahweh. And of course, the question you might ask is, where is that in my Bible? I haven't read the word Yahweh in my Bible. You keep talking about Yahweh. I don't see it in my Bible. But the truth is, you read it all the time. Whenever you read the Old Testament, the problem is it's not translated. And again, for long account reasons I'm not going to go into now, the reason it's not translated is because it's Instead, the word Lord is used in all capital L-O-R-D. So when you read your Old Testament, there are two ways the word Lord appears in your English translation of the Old Testament. The first way is just simply the word Lord, capital L, and then small case O-R-D. And this is an English translation of the Hebrew title Adonai. It's a title. It means Lord. It means ruler, master, owner, king, just like we would use the word Lord in English today. But the second time you see the word Lord is all capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And that is translating the Y-H-W-H in the Hebrew. That's translating God's name, not a title, but his name, Yahweh. So capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is an English translation of the Hebrew name for God, Y-H-W-H. So the name Yahweh is changed to the Lord in our English Bibles in all caps. You would only know that by reading the translator's note at the beginning of your English translation. And I think that's unfortunate because we're missing God's name. And I don't want to get into why all that happened. It is complex, and there is a good historical reason why this changed to Lord instead of Yahweh. But it is what it is. But that's unfortunate because I think we miss something that really should shape our concept of God. And this is what God himself emphasizes. The reason why we want to emphasize it is because God emphasizes it. In Exodus chapter 3, when God first appears to Moses. Now, it's important to understand what we're reading when we're reading the Exodus chapter 3, because even though we've just, you know, in our Old Testament, we have the book of Genesis, and now we get to the second book, Exodus. When it comes to God's revelation, Exodus chapter 3, in the timeline of God's revelation, is the beginning. Because the only reason why we have the book of Genesis is because Moses wrote it. And Moses wrote it because God appeared to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. So when it comes to a timeline of God speaking to us, Exodus chapter 3 is the beginning. And then everything else we have in the first five books of the Old Testament come from Moses because of that event of God appearing to Moses in the burning bush. And it's a bush that is, Moses noticed, it's a bush that's burning, but it's not being consumed. And he goes over there and God speaks to Moses. And this is, you know, he says, remove your sandals because you are on holy ground. This is a presence of God. It's like an embassy of heaven on earth. This is what Eden was in Genesis chapter 2. And now this burning bush is like a little embassy of Eden coming back to earth so that God can appear before Moses on Mount Sinai. 
You can read it for yourself in Exodus chapter 3. God is having a conversation with Moses. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and all that. And then Moses is having a conversation with God, and he asks God his name. And this is what God says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And again, all these verses are in your show notes. And so if you know how to get to your show notes on your podcast, usually it's a swipe left kind of thing, swipe right. So here it is, verse 14. God said to Moses, now this is a quote, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So the next verse, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, and then this is where it's translated the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, but this is the Hebrew name Yahweh. So say to the Israelites, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now that Hebrew name Yahweh is taking upon what God just said, I am who I am. Tell the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Now the Hebrew word Yahweh is the third person of I am. It's the third the Hebrew way of saying he is. So God is naming himself he is. He is the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And it goes on. This, God says this, this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So think about this. God says, I, tell them I am has sent me to you. Say to the Israelites, he is has sent me to you. So God is using both. I am, he is, as his name. This is my name, God says, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So what is that? Well, God is giving us this name that is mysterious, the I am. He is the I am. That it has this idea that he is the, the very essence of the source of all being. He's the eternal existence. So when God speaks through the prophet Isaiah in 57:15, God says, I am the one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Now, he's not saying holy is his name in the sense that we call him holy as a name, but that his name, Yahweh, is holy. We talked about that a few episodes. Who inhabits eternity. Listen to that. I am the God who inhabits eternity. What a phrase. I am the I am who inhabits eternity, whose name Yahweh is holy. God says in the, the New Testament book of Revelation, Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So that idea, whenever God is speaking, he's giving us this I am name as a description of who he is, the one who inhabits eternity, the one who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come. There's a mystery to that, who is, who was, who is to come. Even the order is kind of confusing because who is, who was, is past, who is to come, is future. There's this sense of eternity, this sense of timelessness to God. He is the I am. He is life itself, the author of life, Peter says in Acts chapter 3 of Jesus. But also the idea that I am the I am, tell them 
he is sent you. Tell them I am has sent me to you. That it's in the present tense. It has the idea that God is always present. He is continuously 100% present with us, with his people. So the Hebrew name Yahweh is from the exact same root as the word, the Hebrew word I am. But Yahweh is in the third person. He is. So Yahweh basically means he is the I am. But it's a name. It's not a title. And it's given only to God's people. He gave, God gave it to his people to use. So Yahweh says, remember that verse in, in Exodus 3.15, this is my name forever. Forever. Because he inhabits eternity. He is the I am. This is my name forever. The name you, his people, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. And Moses says in, the, in Exodus 15, verse 3, he says, Yahweh is his name, specifically the Lord. Yahweh, we say the Lord, but Yahweh is his name. Psalm 68, 4 says his name is Yahweh. This is God's name. It's not a title, and it's the most often used word for God in the Old Testament. So think of it. The creator of everything gives to his people his name. A title seems distant. So we say God, we say the Lord, and that seems, it's perfectly legitimate, but it seems very distant, and we seem like one of millions who are facing this this God who is a title distant and far away. But Yahweh wants his people to call him by his name, which has his very presence in his name. He wants his name to be in your mind as you think about him. I am, he is, God says to us. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. He is the I am. He is the one who inhabits eternity. He is the eternal one. He is the one who is and who was and who is to come, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the source of of all existence. He's the source of all being. He's life itself. He's the giver of life itself. And he is always fully 100% present without being at all absent anywhere else. I know I say this a lot, but it's because it's so important for you and me to have this name as our concept of God. So the question is, is this how you primarily think of God when you think of him as the I am, as he is, and everything that that means? Because thinking of God this way could rewire how you think about your life. Because again, the most important thing about you that defines you is your concept of God, how you think of God. And so thinking of God according to his name that he gave us, that he emphasizes, actually could rewire how you think about prayer. When C.S. Lewis is talking about God and prayer in an essay called Beyond Personality, he says this, God has infinite attention, infinite leisure to spare for each one of us. He doesn't have to take us in line in the line. You're as much alone with him as if you were the only thing he'd ever created. 
This gets back to the idea that he is always continually 100% present with you without being absent anywhere else. I think C.S. Lewis is exactly right. You're as much alone with him when you pray as if you were the only thing he'd ever created because God is infinite. God has, he says, infinite attention, infinite leisure to spare for each one of us. He doesn't have to take us in line one after the other. You're as much alone with him as if you were the only thing he ever created because he is the I am. Psalm 8.1 says, Yahweh, our Lord. Now that, that first time, so here's how it would say in English, O Lord, our Lord. And you see that a lot in the Psalms. What that's doing is using both God's name and the title Lord. So, O Yahweh, our Lord, owner, king, ruler, that's lowercase. So, O Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Psalm 910 says, and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, Yahweh, have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 33, 21, for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name, trusting in his name, the I am, trusting in his name. He is the I am, the one who inhabits eternity, the one who is the eternal one, the one who is the source of all existence, the one who is the giver of all life, the one who is always present with us. And understanding his name enables us, empowers us to put our trust in him. Psalm 75 verse 1, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near, 100% near, 100% present, as if I'm the only thing, as if you're the only one he's ever created. Psalm 148, verse 5, let them praise the name of Yahweh, for he commanded and they were created. Understanding God is the I am, the giver of all life. He commanded and they were created. He commanded and everything that exists, exists. So again, when Jesus taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, if we see that prayer not as a magical recitation, something we're supposed to pray quickly and not think about it, but as a sort of a prayer, prayerful meditation, if we prayerfully meditate with those lines as headings, and right away you hit this name thing, my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is just a way of saying ultimate. Holy means high and lifted up and ultimate. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, one of the things we're praying there is ultimate be your name in my heart. Ultimate be your name, the I am. Ultimate be your name. It's the ultimate answer to all of your MI insecurities. Because in your insecurities, you're wondering, am I going to get sick? Am I going to get this job? Am I going to have enough money to pay my bills? Am I going to have this relationship? Am I, am I, am I? And those are all legitimate concerns. We cannot go through life without MI concerns. But the MI concerns get out of control when we forget that He is the I am. When we tie our MI insecurities into God as the I am, ultimate be your name makes a lot more sense. So here's a question. Do you see prayer as a way to bring the I am into your MI? 
That's what it ultimately is. Pray the I am into your MI questions, insecurities, fears, anxieties. And you do that by you are prayers. And so God says, I am has sent me to you. And he says, uh, tell them I am sent me to you and tell them he is sent me to you. And we can turn that when we pray to God, when we use his name, since God is using that basic to be verb, if it's in the first person, he says, I am. If it's the third person, he says he is. When we pray to him, we pray to him in the second person. So we can pray, you are, you are the I am. You are my creator. You commanded and I exist. I am what's created. You are the one who is 100% near me, always near me, always with me, as if it was just you and me alone. You are the one I can trust. You are the one who is the source of all existence and nothing exists that doesn't come from you. You are the one who calls into being anything that exists. You are the one who is in control of all things. You are the one I can 100% fully trust. You are majestic. Your name is majestic in all the earth. You are the one whose glory is above the heavens. You are my Father in heaven. You are the one who gives infinite attention to me. You are as much alone with me as if I were the only one you ever created. You are life itself. You are the one who is and who was and who is to come. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the one who inhabits eternity. You are the reason I exist. I exist because you created me, because you want me to exist in your universe. You are my purpose for my life. You are the one who sustains me. You are the one who gives me strength and you are the one who answers my prayers and you are the one I can trust with my life. You are the one I can give my life to and completely surrender to you because you are life itself. You are present everywhere in your universe without being any less present anywhere else. You are with me right now as if the two of us were alone. You are the one who is forever and you created me to exist forever. This is your name forever because you are forever. And when you give me your name because you exist forever, that means I will exist forever because my relationship with you is a forever relationship where the forever God becomes my God forever. You are forever itself. And giving me your name means that I have been brought into forever with you. What a high purpose. I lift my head and I look up and I see this forever purpose to my life, and I'm no longer trapped looking down into these smaller stories that make me wonder, am I? And instead, I can lift my eyes to the I am and see forever as the glory and the transcendence and the meaning and purpose to my life. And I can rest knowing that it's all going to work out because the forever God is my God forever. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life. 
a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.